and welcome to Underground Magnolia Podcast, Elevated Entertainment with me, the one and only Desiree Valto in the whole wide world. On this episode of Underground Magnolia Podcast, I'm chatting with Dr. Bob Lee, a stronghold on New York's WBLS radio since 1980. Dr. Bob Lee can be heard weeknights on the storied Black Station and has also served as its community affairs director for several years. That's right now. He's not just sitting behind his golden mic in a comfy studio. The community, especially the Black community, knows who he is as he can be seen on the regular at many community and charitable events locally and all over. Additionally, the legend who received BA and MA degrees in communications from New York Institute of Technology and a doctorate of community ministries degree from the New Seminary for Interfaith Studies is also the president, founder, and CEO of the Make the Grade Foundation. The organization is a nonprofit that provides mentoring, tutoring, and aid to students of all ages in the New York tri-state area. And if that's not enough, he also has his own cable show on BronxNet TV, which I was a guest on in April. Plus, he's a book author with reads about elevating African Americans and other people of color. Now let's hear my conversation with Dr. Bob Lee by kicking things off about how his illustrious career at WBLS goes hand-in-hand with his continued involvement and dedication to the community. Well, WBLS, since I've been there so long, and a lot of people ask me, you know, what contributes to your phenomenality and your longevity, it's just that I just... Pay attention to the community. It's WBLS is a platform, and I love WBLS. I love the people that I'm working with, but you got to see it as a platform to help you accomplish some of the things that you need to accomplish in order to help others get what they need out of life. And that's the way I look at it. You know, it's it's for me. I know my purpose in life, and I know that I need these platforms in order to help me with my purpose in life. I have my three degrees, and I just go out there and just do what I do to make other people's lives a little more comfortable. Now, how do you keep your pulse on the community? Sometimes when you've been doing something for so long, sometimes people just settle in and they're just, just spinning wheels. How do you keep your pulse on the community no. and making sure that you're meeting their needs? Well, you know, you meet somebody new every day. So everybody has something different every day. And since they think I'm a doctor, they don't care what kind of doctor you are. You know, they'll see you as, a, as somebody that can help them with their situation. So they'll ask me about medical things or they'll ask me about the natural health type of things. That's what I'm into, by the way. And I've been to just about every school in the tri-state area at least once within the 25 years that I've been doing this. All right, 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> and so in visiting those schools, you learn a new lingo, you know what they're talking about, you know what they're, they're saying, you know what they kind of grasp hold of what they, they mean. And so you just keep up on just a lot of the things that are happening. You know what's trending, basically. Now, with all of the WBLS and your, and your show on BronxNet, how do you have time to have a foundation? Well, the found, it all, it's all connected. It all works together. It's all communication, it's all, and it's all love. It's a circle of love. I see all the circles that you have behind you, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> doing the video thing, too, as well as the, you know, the audio things. But it's a circle of love, and 
you get by giving. So it all comes back around. I give you, you get, and you give somebody else and they get, and it comes back around like that. But yeah, just make it all work together. You, If you're DJing and you're mixing a record and people are dancing on the floor, you don't want to disturb the groove. So you want to keep that groove going so people can stay on the dance floor. So you try to keep all these things interconnected so it can work like a hand in glove. When did you start the foundation? In 19, no, it's not 19, 2004. 2004, so it's been a minute. So tell me what it's all about and what you hope to accomplish and what you have been accomplishing with it. Well, the foundation is, it's a thing. I wanted to put something in place that will help, like help people get what they need out of life. So like back in the day when you were maybe in a neighborhood and your parents weren't around and you went outside, when you went to school, the teachers were looking out after you. When you left the school, the community was looking out after you. When you went back home, then the parents took back over, you took over the task. I wanted something that will, like it takes a village to raise a child. So I came up with the name. I wanted to start the foundation, but it was based off of what we've been doing while we were visiting schools throughout the tri-state area, trying to get people to come to school on time so they can get a good education and find out, ask them what they want to do out of life, in life. So I came up with the name, the Make the Grade Foundation. Make the Grade because all too often we reward the person that, that gets the A and the B. And that's good. That's what we're supposed to do, right? And others are supposed to want to reach that next level. But I want to highlight the person who's not making the grade and try to inspire and motivate that person so they can move to the next level. So we started the Make the Grade Foundation for education uh, based upon that. And all of the books that I've written, a lot of that stuff in it too. Your daily dose of quotes and anecdotes, pitching words of wisdom to help you make the grade. People to know in Black history and beyond. And that's all based upon, it's all sectioned out to help people make the grade. And it's based upon, within our mission statement, collaboration between parent, teacher, student, community, clergy, financial literacy, and health. It has all those things. You open up the quote book. It starts up with parent, teacher, student, cute. The first book that I've written, Seven Ways to Make the Grade, it has those steps. And then all of the books have followed those steps. Uh, the parent, teacher, student, community, clergy, all of the people who have done great things in those areas. So we want to continue to highlight that because it takes a village to raise a family. And it takes mm-hmm. those seven things and more to help that student become successful. Now, you've mentioned it takes a village to raise a family a couple of times. And that saying, it takes a village to, to raise a child, to raise a family, was kind of hijacked when I think, I believe Hillary Clinton, that was the name of her book. And then the conservatives ran with it. And fast forwarding now, where there's all this blowback from conservatives about the community, it's not the community's business. Parents are supposed to raise their child. What do you think of this movement? Well, you know, I try not to pay too much attention to the politics. Politics are important, but if you you get into it, it'll give you a headache. I make sure I get people, I have something called the roll to the polls. I make sure we gather people so that we can get out there and vote and exercise your right. It's important because there was a time where I was going around, I'm still doing it, around election time, I go out and ask some of the uh, elected officials and some of the people who are in high office, why is it important for people to vote because some people think, ah, oh, my vote doesn't count. What do you think? What do you tell them? 
And I asked that question to Percy Sutton one time. Percy Sutton was a person who started Inner City Broadcasting Corporation, WLIB. And he jumped back. He said, what? That's not important. Tell him that the president of the United States gets a chance to choose the Supreme Court justices. And he went on down the line and everything. And I said, I have all that on tape. And I put that back on the air on his station, on WBLS. And it wasn't until like a few years later, I said, well, you know what? Wow. He's right. The Supreme Court justice gets a chance to choose. I mean, the president gets a chance to choose the Supreme Court justices, which make the ultimate decisions as to who, you know, like what we're dealing with now, Roe versus Wade, and all of those other things that are going to be coming up. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's very, very important. But I just try not to get that headache dealing with in the political realms. But I do deal closely like grassroots with the people in the community. That's what I like to do. Let's keep it going to find out what led Dr. Lee on his journey, the trials and tribulations of working in the music world, and we'll also talk more about his books. I'm a guy who started out, I was kind of shy. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was into a couple of things. I was into sports, football, basketball, boxing. And it was with boxing that I learned how to discipline myself to do the things necessary to become successful because it's one-on-one and you're manager or trainer. I'm winning a lot of fights and it feels real good. And there was a time where I thought I didn't have to train anymore. I became a, a bit complacent, so to speak. I had this big fight in this location with a, a person who was really, really ready and he was prepared. But I wasn't and I knew it. So I was fighting myself already. <laughs> so... We got into the ring round one. I prayed. I said, God, you need to help me out with this one because you know I didn't train. He says, yeah, I know you didn't train. (laughs) And this guy came in there looking like a professional. So it began to weigh on me. See, you can lose a fight or win a fight by how you think before you get there. So you have to prepare before you get there. And that's uh, something that I use when I'm speaking to uh, kids in auditorium or speaking at different places. Prepare before you get there. So I went through that. Things didn't go quite the way I wanted to go. It was a little more difficult than I had anticipated, but I knew I didn't prepare. I knew I didn't run my five miles a day. I didn't hit the heavy bag. I didn't do anything that I needed to do in order to win that fight, become successful. So I had a hard time. I won the fight, but it was like I felt to myself that I lost this fight. I didn't need to do that. So got into the boxing thing. I was going to go all the way through to turn pro. I was going to uh, went through the golden gloves, but then the music bug caught me and started DJing all over the place. and. The tours, did the parks, uh, did the college and university tour. And we got snowed in at Oswego State University. The young lady that I met up there showed me a radio station that they had on campus. I said, oh, this is how they do it. I, you know, I, was, I had a radio, the music on the radio, but I didn't know what the inside, the backstage thing looked like. So I said, wow, I, I think I can do this. And I had a printing job out of high school. I was a, a night foreman at a printing place. And... I went back home and quit my job. The guy said, where are you going? You can't just quit. I said, yeah, I quit. I'm going back. You know, I'm going to college and I want to become a DJ. So I did that. And uh, I've been doing that ever since. And since then, I met so many different people. I met a lot of the people that we hear on radio and see on TV. Um, I started my own foundation to make the great foundation for education. I worked with a lot of the municipalities in the tri-state area. A fire department, police department, on and on and on, hospital. 
And I'm just trying to go as fast as I can to get to uh, where we are now. And I'm still doing the foundation thing. And I'm about the five books in. I've written five books. I'm an author. And I have my sixth book that I'm, uh, that I'm working on right now. And I'm almost about halfway done. So here we are. I'm on the radio every night, <laughs> Monday through Friday. And I do, TV, I do radio and TV. I make appearances. I run a couple of businesses. And I'm doing real estate and a bunch of other stuff. So I'm in it. I'm in the game. Now, Make the Grade Foundation, what age ranges are you targeting? I've been visiting schools all my life. I'm saying <laughs> Because I was one of the students, too. <laughs> I disliked when the principal used to call me on a loudspeaker. John Lee, please report to the principal's office. They called me John back then. It was like a frightening thing. But I, I deal with elementary or nursery all the way through. You know, I went yeah. to visit this nursery and they wanted me to read to the class. Yeah. So <laughs> I've done that, too. I, wanted, I got down very low and I sat on one of those little stools. And I was way down here like this. <laughs> and. I began to read to the class, and I think the person who ran the school came in, and she said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, what, what, what? She said, no, 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 no. Give it to little Johnny. And she gave the book to four-year-old little Johnny, and little Johnny read the book. Uh And he did a fantastic job. This four-year-old, he was able to read. So that, like, I said, wow. I said, there are smart people think that, you know, little kids can't read, but they can so we visit schools from nursery all the way through to college. Yeah. You know, we have the, the bus tours going to the different colleges. And then I interview people who are still trying to educate themselves. So I go all the way from elementary all the way up to senior citizens. My father always said, never stop going to school. It doesn't, you don't have to go to a physical institution all your life, but always pick up something to read. Now, what about your background growing up in, in the New York area in Harlem? made you want to to do all these things that you're doing, to be in the community and knowing what's going on in the community? Yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to be, but I had a number of things. I just had to choose my choice uh, coming out of all the, the sports things that I mentioned back then into, into music. My sister had a huge record collection. My mother had a, a great record collection. And I just started using those things and started moving my way into music. And then all of those, those other things just followed. They just latched on to my love for wanting to care for people and my love for others, helping them get what they need out of life. And everything just came together. So I never really knew what was, how this was going to happen, but it just came together. WBLS, radio, TV, uh, foundations and books and all the other media aspects of uh, what we're doing. There are so many memories, but is there something that stands out? Maybe it's not your favorite, but, you know, we all have those things that stand out. Do you have a, anything that really stands out that, that you always think back and say, yeah, that was it? Yeah, good and bad. You know, I've interviewed people who had children by their father. I've interviewed people who had problems in the household. I don't want to elaborate, but. But then, you know, there were some wonderful things that I, uh, I met the Jackson family, I met Michael Jackson and all those back there where I wasn't, I used to buy their records when I was a little right. kid front of the store, you know, and then I started meeting all these great people. And some of them are good and some of them are like, you know, stuck up and nose in the air and all that right. stuff. But yeah, I mean, you can tell who's who. But Michael Jackson and his family, I think they were very, very down to earth. The Rolling Stones and all these people. 
but it was myself and Frankie Crocker. We were, we were at the Tavern on the Green where we kicked off the Jackson family tour. TV stations galore, radio stations galore. And then it was our turn to receive the Jackson family. It came over to our area, our broadcast area. And it was just myself and Frankie Crocker and the Jackson family. <laughs> it was a good feeling. It was a good feeling. You were, they were all so mellow. They had a lot of makeup on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I had the fortune of meeting. I never interviewed, of course, Michael Jackson doesn't really do, you know, he never did interviews, but I actually met him during the Remember the Time. And we actually talked for like five minutes about New Orleans. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm talking to Michael Jackson. <laughs> you know? but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, but when I first got into this business, like, like you interviewed so many people, you know, I can write books like about all these yeah. people. And you're right. So when I see some of my friends and they're like, oh, you interviewed so-and-so and they want to hear the great stories. And I'm just like, well. <laughs> yeah. And all the records like, that you played. Yeah. yeah. All the records <laughs> that you played, you start meeting these people, the OJs, uh, Stevie yeah. Wonder, you know, your name all the way down the line. Rick James. Rick James was, was another person. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, a funny story about that. Or maybe it's not so funny. I interviewed, <laughs> I interviewed Rick James in the 90s. Yeah. And he came in, I was so excited. And he came in and he had a cane. And I was just, I mean, you know, this was not the guy who's the super freak that I remember <laughs> back in yeah. the 80s. But it's always great meeting those people. Yeah. So from back yeah. then, all up to now, Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, you know, you name them. They, they've come to the radio station, or I've come to an area where they were and we had fun. And the presidents of the United States, uh, governors, lots of high elected officials. So we get a chance to meet a lot of people. And, you know, now it's, you understand that, you know, they're just like you. They do the same things that you do. Yes. But they had a burning desire to become the person that they became. Just like you want to have that burning desire to do the person, be the person that you want to be. What are your thoughts about radio in general as we, you know, now we have satellite radio and all this streaming but we still need radio, right? And especially black radio. Yeah, I think so. Because every step of the way, they said radio is going to disappear. When TV came out, right. they said, oh, it's done for radio. And when the internet and all that stuff, other stuff came out, oh, like, yeah, Pandora, all these other things, <laughs> oh, radio's done. But we still have personality radio. You can listen to a jukebox. You can listen to Pandora and listen to it all day. It's beautiful. Some people like that. But to listen to somebody that's going to come in that you feel close to, that you feel you have a relationship with, uh, a person that visits you in your community, a person that uh, gives you something simple like the time or, hey, it's going to be cold today and feels like you're right. You feel like you're right there with that person. You guys are interacting. So I don't think personality radio is going to go anywhere. So radio is going to hang around for a little while longer. They're going to try to do different things to it and for it and try to guide it in different directions. But it's going to be there. You know, we may not be there for a long period of time. I mean, in life, as it evolves, something else may happen for it. They still have that frequency. So they're going to use it for something. Tell me about your books, People to Know in, in Black History. You have two volumes. So who should we know? Well, you should know all of the people who have come before us in history, because I think it's important, when you, especially when you're visiting these schools and you see that not everybody knows a little bit about their history. 
And I think it's important to know something about your history because in order to know where you're going, you got to know where you've been, know where you are to know where you're going. And I think that's a, a part of the process. So people to know in Black history and beyond was written just to educate people on, all right, so we want to know about all the people that whose shoulders we stood on to help uh, some of us get where we need we needed to go. And um, we know about some of the people that they just tell us about every year for Black History Month. So let's go beyond that month and let's go beyond Black history because Black history is American history and it should be noted all year long. So we're gonna go, we want to go beyond that. And then there are those people who are doing great things today. What about people who are doing great things today? So people to know in Black history and beyond, not just Black people, not just people of color, but some, there's some white people. There's people who have helped us realize certain situations in life to help us along the way. So that's why I've written the book. I wanted to know more, especially when, you know, remember the three young ladies who helped propel the astronauts into space in 1965? In 1963, hidden figures. they worked for NASA. Yeah. yeah, hidden figures. I didn't know. I'm older now, I didn't know. <laughs> and I don't know anything about these people. And Where were neither they? did I? <laughs> so I wanted to know more. Who else is out there like that? So that's why I'm doing all this research to find more people like that, and then people who are still doing great things in our community. And so we have uh, people that know Black History and Beyond, Volume One. We have volume two out, and I'm, I'm halfway through with the volume three. Oh, so volume three. So that's what you're working on now. So that's what I'm working on now. So how and many? about those places, people, places, and things in that volume. I'll tell you more at another time. <laughs> so why so many volumes? Because what? people are still evolving. People are still moving. People are still doing great things. So we still have to highlight them. I may take you and, and put you in the book and you say, oh, yeah, I have made it to another level. And this is people know about me now. And people will know you know about you now anyway, because you're doing some of the things that you're doing. But I'm just saying that to say that we didn't have a Supreme Court justice named Katanji. I know. Katanji. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are going to be so many little girls named Katanji, black, white, Hispanic. Yeah. Whatever. We'll see a lot of them around. So we have a new Supreme Court justice. She has to be in the book. You know, things keep happening. So we have to keep writing. Anything else you need to tell me about that you're working on? I can't tell you. It's a secret. A secret? <laughs> Come on. Come on. All right. <laughs> but since it's a secret, I got to tell you this. If you can think about it and you're passionate about it and that's what you want to do, that's what you are going to do. Dr. Bob Lee for our great conversation. For more on Dr. Lee, go to makethegradeforyou.org. That's make the grade, the number four, and the letter U.org. Makethegradeforyou.org. For information on his books, I will link to them from his episode page on my undergroundmagnolia.com website. While on undergroundmagnolia.com, you will also see all of my podcast episodes, which can be heard wherever you listen to podcasts. So please listen, rate, and review. Email me with anything at 
contact at undergroundmagnolia.com. That's contact at undergroundmagnolia.com. Follow me on Twitter at UMPodcastDV. That's at UMPodcastDV. Unfortunately, my Instagram was hacked and I had to get a new account, which is at Underground Magnolia Podcast. Again, my Instagram is at Underground Magnolia Podcast. Till next time, this is Desiree Valto, the only Desiree Valto on the planet. For Underground Magnolia Podcast, I'm out. Hold up. 